Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And they think of exciting sex within marriage. It's like oxymoron for them. It doesn't make sense. But that's because they have the wrong concept of who God is. We have to show people that if they obey the principles and the plans of God for their life, it doesn't remove fun and excitement. It brings true fun and excitement and fulfillment to life. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that it's important we're aware of God's plan for S-E-X because it was his idea in the first place. Over time, it's been given four-letter word status because Satan's done an effective job of tarnishing its original intent. In God's design, sexual intimacy is sacred and special, but reserved only for the marriage relationship. Our Creator has drawn fences of protection in His blueprint that keep us safe, helping us thrive and flourish. Listen in to learn how to make sure you stay within the boundaries of protection and what to expect when you don't. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 5, verse 1, with our continuing study entitled, Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Let's all turn in our Bibles to Proverbs, chapter 5. Proverbs, chapter 5. Because of the nature of where we are as we're going through the book of Proverbs. We're going to study chapter 5, basically verse by verse this morning. This is a great topic, sexuality and marriage. I think it's uh, appropriate that we speak about it. We'll be very frank and yet in uh, taste this morning as we speak. And of course, I have not only a ministerial background, but a medical background for all the years in pharmacy. I'm also a been involved with children in my life, and I have our own children, of course, and I've delivered babies, you name it, I've done it. So we'll be addressing many of these things. It is a a topic whenever you speak about sexuality and abortions and divorce and, and sex before marriage and adultery, all these things, there's ramifications that go through your mind, and certainly in this building this morning, there'll be people that have all kinds of thoughts that are coming back and forth, and I just want you to Put them out of your mind and let God's word speak to you as we, as we go through his word with you this morning. And I expect God to change your lives. It's going to be a great time. On the overhead, you might see something that some of you are familiar with in the old days. Anybody remember? Yeah, a little etch-a-sketch, man. We had fun drawing that. And those of you that have artistic abilities had fun. Those of us that didn't, we could just erase it right away and it was okay. 
We learned last week, if you weren't here, you need to get the tape. I don't have to go through it. And we'll do one more week on marriage, and then we're going to be finishing the book of Proverbs. So we'll move on after next week, one more week on marriage. We learned last week that God has a design for our life. It includes, for most of us, marriage. And there was a blueprint that we went through last week, six keys as we're building a building, this building of marriage. If we'll follow those, we're successful. Well, Satan has told people, here's your own Etch-A-Sketch. I'm going to give it to you, and I want you to design what love is. You draw a picture of what intimacy is. In fact, you can even draw your own design of what marriage is. What we see today is not at all what God had designed. Our last point last week of the building blocks is this one. Marriage involves intimacy. In our lives and marriage, God is part of that plan included intimacy. Spiritual intimacy, relational intimacy, and the one we'll share this morning, sexual intimacy. Now some of you last week were shocked at the blueprint of marriage, God's blueprint. Because as you look at marriage in our world, as you maybe were raised in a home, what you saw of God's plan here doesn't look anything like what you see in the world. Well, that shouldn't surprise us, but that just shows that there's a lack of people's understanding of the Word of God. So as I share these principles, very exacting, very intimate, right to the detail, some of you will be shocked that God's Word speaks about this. You shouldn't be, but... I know that you will be, so just relax. This is God's Word. Now, in Proverbs chapter 5, if you're not there, turn there. We have an interesting chapter, and this is about a father sitting down with his son and talking to him about the sexual area of his life, God's plan for him. This morning, we can broaden that. If you're single, this will be like God, your heavenly Father, instructing you students and divorcees and those who are widowed. This is God, your Heavenly Father, instructing you how to handle your own sexuality before marriage. Now, if you're married, this is God, our Heavenly Father, speaking to us this morning how to enjoy, no matter our ages, that area of sexuality and how to avoid sexual immorality. Let's begin verse 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. So God is saying to us, all of us this morning, those first two introductory verses, pay attention, listen up, don't blow off what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you six keys today, so here's the first one. Number one, be aware of God's plan for sex. Sex is his idea. Turn back with me to Genesis chapter 2, if you will. As you turn there, understand that some of you are raised in a church, and when you understand sexuality and marriage, you were taught that sexuality and marriage is for a certain purpose. Well, that's true, but it's broader than what many of you were taught. We see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, this. The man and his wife were both 
naked, and they felt no shame. Every single person in this room falls into one of two categories. You're either male or you're female. Accompanying that are the hormones, all of our being, all of our sexual parts, all of those intimate areas that God has designed. Included in that is one of the natural drives that God gave us. You see this glass of water this morning. We all have a drive to have a thirst to, to drink. If you didn't eat, you can stop at the cafe later and eat. It's going to be a while. Just hang on. But you have that drive. It will be there. Well, there's another drive. Certainly, if you want to see if you have one of the most important drives, just put your hand over your mouth and your nose for a moment. Pretty soon, you'll be grasping for air. Well, there's another drive that God designed within us that includes us in all of our bodies are the hormones that he placed there, the testosterone, the progesterone, all of those things, the estrogen. And that is a sex drive. Now, sexual intercourse then, notice Adam and Eve started before Victoria's Secret. Hmm. If you think her designs are sexy, how about just plain naked? That's the way they started. And there was no shame. Second point. Well, before I do that, let me tell you why sexual intercourse. Why for this sexual part of our lives? Three reasons. Procreation. Remember, God's first command after they left the garden was to recreate themselves in children and then have those children know God, and that's the way the world will be populated. But there's more to sexuality than just having children. We are supposed to enjoy sexual intercourse because of our oneness. That means that intimacy, when a husband joined together with a wife, there's nothing more intimate in all the world. That's the oneness that God designed. Third, it's just plain recreation. Part of your homework last week was the word fun. Do you remember it? Say it with me. Fun. Fun. It's supposed to be fun. So... Part of the sexual area in our lives is to be pleasure and fulfillment and joy. Point number two, sexual intimacy is reserved only for the marriage relationship. Not only are people don't have a, a knowledge of how God has designed us or that he designed marriage, but when they think of sexuality and they think of God, or they think of a Christian, and they think of exciting sex within marriage, it's like oxymoron for them. It doesn't make sense. But that's because they have the wrong concept of who God is. And we have to, as individuals that are Christians, we have to show people that if they obey the principles and the plans of God for their life, it doesn't remove fun and excitement. It brings true fun and excitement and fulfillment to life. You see, all of that misunderstanding is nothing more than a lie from Satan. Now, even some of you this morning might be shocked as we think about that. So, people lack the knowledge that know that God even has a plan, so they just have their own etch-a-sketch. And then secondly, when you mention sexuality, and that I say that God says it's only, the intimacy is only to be held within marriage... People go, well, that's what I tell you. You become a Christian man and there's no fun. It just bored them all your life. No, that's wrong. Now, if you go right behind this building, we have a big playground. Lots of neat things. 
Do you know in that playground there's two sets of fences? One big set and then a smaller set. Why? To protect our children. Now, when our little kitties come out there in that first little area that's fenced off, does that prevent them from having fun? No, because we have a whole set of toys right in that fence area. We're just trying to protect them from the big boys. You know, our kids today are different. They're fourth grade and they're 220 pounds and 6'3". I mean, it's amazing. You ever see these kids in high school? Unbelievable. I'm still trying to get there. Never, maybe the 220, but never the 6'3". So we're just trying to protect those little kids in that fence area. And then, of course, we have a bigger fence area for the older kids. We're trying to protect them. Fences don't take joy and fun away. They allow for fun and joy. So today we're going to talk about fences. Now, some of you had this for your children. We had it for a dog. Our kids are already gone. So there's a fence. And whenever you see a fence this morning, I want you to say one word with me. Actually, two. Exciting fences. Say it with me this morning. Exciting fences. With a smile. Come on. Exciting fences. That's exactly right. So as we go through our teaching this morning, we're going to talk about fences. Fences that God has placed in our own individual lives. Now, God has put fences around sexuality and marriage to protect the home, to allow God's given sexual drive to, to function the way it should in the home, and lastly, to make sure that as Christians, we find out how to have true success and fun and fulfillment. Now, there's a very interesting verse. It's found in Hebrews 13:4, and it says this. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. You see, right there in that verse, God says there's some fences around marriage. Specifically, notice the verse, specifically the marriage bed. The place where a husband and wife have oneness, make children, and enjoy their sexuality. There's a fence put around that by God for a reason. Now, Satan says, well, just take this exciting fence that God's given, put it away, and whatever you want to do in your life, before marriage and after, just go for it. But he's wrong. God has put a fence around it. It doesn't preclude joy and fun and fulfillment. It actually brings it. So we must understand what that means. Now turn with me to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians. Just after the Gospels a little bit, you get Acts and Romans, and then you get into Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There's a very interesting word that we're going to go through this morning. And this applies, its definition applies to every area of sexuality that you and I can think of. For those of you that are students, to those who are married, to every aspect. Paul speaking, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Paul speaking, and he's speaking to a church, of a group of Christians in Corinth. Let me give you the background quickly so you'll understand. In Corinth, there were pagan temples. And part of the pagan worship included immorality. There were temple prostitutes, male and female. And you would pay your money to the pagan god and enjoy the sexuality with these people. So Paul is writing to the Christians that were used to going to church, having sex, 
at the church. So he's trying to write them, this isn't right. This is pagan. This comes from a long time ago. There's a different way to operate. He says in verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. So Paul says to those people there, Christians, you can't live like you used to live. You have a body. God gave you a body. There, there are fences around your body. And they're for a purpose. Your sexuality has nothing to do with a temple. It has to do with the temple of God in you. you. God is actually living in you, so you need to be careful with the body. Now, look at that verse. Look at the word sexual immorality. That's the word in the Greek, pornea. It's a word where we get something that sounds very similar to you this morning, pornographic. So it includes all kinds of illicit sexual activity. Here's the range that this word means. So when we see this word immorality in the Bible, it includes all of these things I'm going to give you. And all of these things I'm going to give you are wrong. They're sins. It hasn't changed. There's still sins this morning as they were when this word was defined. It has never changed as part of God's plan. The first word that sexual immorality equals is fornication. Fornication. Strange word. It's a word 31 times used in the New Testament. It simply means this. Sexual relationships with someone with whom you are not married. This, especially for the students, is probably the most misunderstood, or for you young people, the most misunderstood fence of the Bible. Today, in Satan's Etch-A-Sketch, he says this. Why would you ever marry someone until you live with that person? Because you must get to know them. You must see if you're compatible with them in every area. So a tremendous percentage of our young people today live together before they're married. That is called fornication. It is a sin. It is wrong. You cannot be a Christian let me just say this very clearly to you. You cannot be a Christian and be fornicating. That includes you teenagers who aren't married, but you're going to bed with your favorite boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. That is a sin. It's against God. It's included in sexual immorality. And the Bible says those, pe those fornicators will never go to heaven. Now, can that sin be forgiven? Yes. But that's a sin. And probably the most misunderstood sin for young people. If you mention the word adultery, most people go, oh, I know what that is. That's wrong. But living together, most people don't. Now, some of you that are older, my age, a little older, whatever, what I just said to you, you're saying, impossible. Everybody knows that sleeping together before you're married or having sex before marriage is wrong. No, they do not. Counsel many people, many young people come to this church. Through our teachings, they hear this and they go, they separate. They get married later. They move out. They come and they counsel with us. See, it's not known. So it is a sin. The next sin that this word means is adultery. Certainly, you know what that is. That's sexual intercourse between a married person and a partner of somebody else. Is that sin? Absolutely. This also includes homosexuality. Sexual relationships between two men. Lesbianism. Sexual relationships between two women. Bestiality. 
The Bible speaks about it numbers of times. Intercourse, sexual intercourse with animals. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's pretty crude. Why would you even mention that today? Because it's very common in our world. The internet is filled with that. And the last one, even more disheartening, is the sin of incest. Sexual relations with close relatives. Any intimate sexual activity outside of marriage is sexual immorality. Let me clarify that. Some of you look and say, well, Pastor Mark, I haven't done this and this and this and this. And those six things, I'm okay. But let's talk about some other things that are also sexual immorality. You don't have to complete the sex act to be guilty of a sexual sin. Where, where else can you do it? Well, sexual touching. Not just touching, but sexual touching. Undressing each other. Sexual dancing, a huge one today. We can simulate the whole act, think it's great. It is not great. It is impure. It's to be in the bedroom. It is not to be on the dance floor. And let me share one just frankly with you this morning. I'll touch on it lightly and then move past. Our kids today have been duped, and we know this because two of our, two of our people on staff work, uh, teach through pregnancy resources. They're on our staff, our youth pastor and, and his, one of his assistants, and they are allowed now to go in our high schools, and they teach a class on sexuality and abstinence from pregnancy resources. Awesome. All basically many unbeliever kids, and they just teach. If you mentioned the words oral sex in our students and the word abstinence, they don't believe that oral sex is a sexual sin. They believe that is an out so that you don't get sexual diseases, which is wrong, I'll show you in a moment, but it doesn't get rid of your virginity. In other words, it's an okay act. In fact, if you know this or not, in our city, you say, well, this couldn't happen in Melbourne. In our city, in some of our high schools, we have oral sex clubs. Not formal, they're underground. So I want to say to you this morning, it doesn't have to be the final act. All of those areas are sin outside of marriage. We need to know what's happening in our world and you need to understand the pressures that our kids have and how much finagling Satan has done with the Etch-A-Sketch. All of those areas are sin. Now why are they sin? Well, they're sin for two reasons. Number one, well, actually three. God says they're sin, but they're sin for another reason. It's because they don't fulfill God's initial command. You remember when God said to Adam and Eve, he says, go ahead, enjoy each other. One of the purposes of enjoying each other was to bring little Johnny and little Susie into the world. Let me just point out two or three of those areas, two of them. You can go through the rest of the list. I'm not going to take time this morning. The world tells us this morning in bold letters, sexual activity between two males is perfectly fine. Long as they're loving and they care, it's perfectly fine. Let's go back to the first command. God made one male and one female. Okay, dig out your old Etch-A-Sketch and try to draw something recognizable. It takes great skill and patience to pull off something more than a disfigured stick man on a good day. We were just given two examples of the same design with very different interpretations. God's image is very clear, simple, and clean. Satan's scribbled, dark, messy, and distorted. If the depiction of your life isn't a masterpiece, give it a good shake. Let God redraw the lines. 
You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. The world's been trying to redefine marriage for quite some time. There's been a disturbing shift in man's interpretation and push for an unholy, twisted version of wedlock. What these depraved people don't realize is that you can't leave the designer out of his creation and expect success. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll continue to study God's original blueprint for this sacred institution, so be sure to tune in. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. And our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear Your.